0: I mean, take All
1: the pieces falling into place! Amazing football. Hello and welcome to the special year-end extravaganza. Bonanza. Bonanza. <laughs> Banger.
2: <laughs> All those big automata play- poetic words, you know, just, we're, it's... Brr-
1: And that, um, that version of Ringer FC, Um, I'm Ryan O'Hanlon, joined by, as always, Micah Peters. What's going down? And Donnie Kwok. Hello. Uh, This is our final episode of the year. We're recording this a week in advance, uh, right before the holiday fixture list in the Premier League kicks off, and presumably right before Arsenal loses to Liverpool 4-0 again, so you can kind of... Keep all of that in mind as you're listening to this. We got money riding on it. (laughs) Um, Today, we're going to do things a little differently. Uh, We're going to pick the Ringer FC starting 11, which is the group of players that best embody the ethos of this podcast (laughs) that you guys know and love. Um, And then in the second half, we're going to answer some questions that look forward to what we can expect in the year 2018. Um, So let's... Just get right into it. First pick for the Ringer FC starting 11 is the keeper. Goes to Donnie Quag.
3: Who is it? Thank you, Ryan. By the way, I have to say, rather than the ethos of the podcast. Which uh,
2: feels like a slippery way to describe this, i got to be honest <laughs> the with criteria, you. The
3: criteria I'm using here is who will make Micah the most angry.
2: I don't know why you
3: always that want to is fight me. the ethos is just... your part of the podcast is to make him angry so
1: you're— you're doing what I want.
3: So in goal, well, first of all, I don't want to break the rules here, but there's an honorable mention I have to give to Wayne Shaw, uh, the Sutton <laughs> keeper <laughs> who <laughs> ate the meat pie on uh,
2: TV. I, that is... In an is... FA
3: Cup tie and then it ended up getting suspended because, of, of course, it was a bet and he bet on himself to eat a meat pie on TV. Did he get the money from that? I don't know. He if got not, let's, for it. let's get a Kickstarter going for that. He should get paid. So my keeper is not...
1: He
0: should Wayne, be valorized. Wayne Shaw, though, shout yeah. out to him.
3: Shout my out keeper. Wayne Shaw. I actually said on the last podcast that my La Liga knowledge is pretty bad, but that's not going to stop me from picking Jan Oblak, of Atletico <laughs> Madrid as the keeper who in a few minutes of research I realized first of all as a keeper he had uh, 50 he got his 50th clean sheet in his 86th game. Which is a pretty good record. All right, I need to say something. He just tore his ACL and he's out for the year. Yeah. I mean, I like. Yeah, but this, we're, we're talking about <laughs> their accomplishments in 2017. So though. you. I'm kidding. You he's take... totally healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give you another fact, though, which I just found out uh, from the internets. His older sister, Teja, Teja Oblak, is like the Diana Tarazi of Slovenian basketball. She's the point guard of the Slovenian national team. Oh, that's very yeah, nice. Her. How come so you he, didn't he choose Jan <laughs> no Oglock when fact. we were
2: picking our 11 to save the world, by the way? I mean, like, why not maybe Andre Tarstegis or with choosing
3: the keeper for that or,
2: team?
3: <laughs> or <Mignolet? laughs>
2: Yes, <Ciro> Simo <laughs> Minule. Let's. Best keeper in the world at present.
1: No, I, I like this pick. Um, we know why this is making Micah mad.
2: I'm just saying that David De Gea is right there.
3: I yeah. like, yeah, I, I mean, like. That would
1: be a little too basic. Yeah, Jan Black has uh, Champions League success as well. De Gea won the Europa
3: League, which is cool.
2: You know, that's, uh... <sighs>
3: I can't argue with that. Put him in pen, Jan Black. Let Let's do up. it. Jan Black. Not arguing with that. All right, I can't believe you guys told me Tori's ACL and I yeah. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs>
2: Next or time, James. don't start with minutes of research. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all
1: right, right back.
2: Okay, uh, I, Micah Peters. I, I I thought about um I thought about Danny Carvajal, uh, and then I just remember Raphael.
0: <laughs> Raphael,
2: <laughs> where is he in the world right now? I honestly don't know. I mean, it's... He's probably in China, right? I mean, like, but that, yeah.
1: Oh, he's playing for Lyon, actually. Wow. He's playing for (laughs) Lyon?
2: Wow. Wow. You know, shout out to you. I'm glad that you're finding your bliss, He's only 27. 27 is a long time not to shift the feeling of incompleteness.
3: His brother plays for Middlesbrough. That's tough. Back to (laughs) what I was talking about. I'm going to go
2: with... (sighs) Antonio Valencia. Oh my god! Oh
3: my god. god. <laughs> I'm <in> the <laughs> right now. Oh my god! I was gonna say David Aspina for goalkeeper, but I was like, that's too ridiculous. Now, and here you go with Valencia.
2: I mean, is that your pick? Okay, so Are first we just out, name
3: every right
1: back in the world.
2: I mean, like I, of course, I, I was really trying not to be a homer with this pick. I wanted to say something like Lucas Piechek or, or Danny Carvajal. But honestly, I am. I haven't. I, I feel like I haven't been vocal enough about my enjoyment of like late period Antonio Terminator Antonio Valencia. I mean, like we've talked about this, Ryan, I want to yeah. say off air.
1: He's uh he's nearly ended <laughs> Raheem Sterling's career multiple times. <laughs> multiple <so. laughs>
2: times. Multiple times. I I won't. I, I won't say that there's. I feel like there's no better right back in football is a little too strong that's what Marino
3: said last season. <laughs> I don't think he's the best right back in Manchester.
0: Ooh,
2: Kyle Walker? You th- I mean like Kyle like Marcus Rashford was a little too hot for for Kyle Walker to handle in that game. He just never got as much service as I think he needed. Yeah. But I mean like also I've I'm going to pick I think maybe, this is a little foreshadowing, I'm probably going to pick two other Manchester City players. So, <laughs> I I mean, like, I feel like I, and I, I didn't want to say Danny Carval because I feel like I might also pick another Real Madrid player. But I don't know. This is, I, I'm going to stick with Antonio Valencia.
1: I support that. I think my thing with Valencia is that, you know, we've talked about Ashley Young and Fabian Delph on this podcast before, James Milner, Valencia is actually, like, a really good right back now, and it's not just, like, a, an oddity that he's playing right back. While those other guys, it's, like... We, we kind of saw in the Man City, Man U game, Fabian Delph got found out. Ashley Young... He's
2: got found out several have times. Could gotten red carded that.
1: multiple times. Um, so I'll, I'll give you that.
2: I um, mean, like, there was that brief, rocky, adjustment period of, like, concentration and positioning, which happens when you go from playing winger to playing right back. Yeah. But, I mean... Kind of indispensable there now. Yeah,
1: he might. He's probably gonna. well, Who knows? He might be the oldest person on our team, so we might have to give him the captain's armband. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so by default. Uh, my pick now with our first center back, and <laughs> I'm going with John Stones.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Because on this podcast, I think we like players that sort of buck the stereotypes for a position and a nationality, and John Stones is literally anything but your stereotypical English center back in that he's really skinny, doesn't really tackle that well, Um, has probably been described as dainty by multiple (laughs) former ex-pros. And when he went to Man City, everyone, the British press were kind of just like, this is absolutely absurd, like he's done nothing. Um, and he really hadn't done that much, even at Everton, he was kind of fine. I don't even think he was ever the best center back on Everton when he was playing. and he wasn't that great last year. but this year i I personally think he's probably been the best center back when he's been healthy. Uh, I'll throw in a stat here. This is a stat that XG buildup, which sort of determines... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. It XG like buildup. Yeah, it determines, like, it adds up the value of each possession that you're a part of. Um, and John Stones has the highest in the Premier League, which just means that passes that he's making are typically leading to chances um, at the other end of the field. And that's sort of the, the bet with John Stones, is that his passing... Um, is dangerous enough to make up for maybe what he lacks in defending. And also, there's this Twitter account called Breaking the Lines, which I recommend you guys all follow. They just are always doing highlight, like full game highlights of individual players. And they have a clip of John Stones against Napoli, and it's just just the highlight. And then there's a quote, and it says, patience is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) To describe John uh, Stones' performance against Napoli um, in the Champions League. And the other thing here is that multiple sites have reported this, but supposedly John Stones cheated on his girlfriend and then got a tattoo of her face on his arm and then superimposed a clock over her mouth on the tattoo and then they got back together. So... That happened.
0: I mean, oh my that's... Oh, my goodness. I honestly
2: am at a loss for what to say about that. What yeah. does it... Like, the clock over the... It's about okay. time, man. Okay. Time. Yeah, dude, it's about time.
1: Okay, so the less said about that, the better, probably. Well, let's, let's move on. Let's move swiftly uh, Micah, on. Micah, or Donnie, who's our other center back.
3: The other center back, well, I really wanted to pick David Luiz because you wouldn't let me put him on the Space Jam team and because he's thoroughly entertaining character. However, I've decided to put at the other center back position none other than Burnley's James Tarkovsky.
1: I kind of like that. It's a good balance with John Stones, like the exact opposite type player.
3: I liked, especially, he, he kind of, uh, this is recency bias here, but I really like the sly elbow he delivered over the weekend. <laughs> I like my central defenders to have that bit of a nasty streak in him. And he's part of Burnley's impenetrable defense this season. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's only been half a season, but um, you have to give him credit for that. And I think it's a you know, Stones Tarkovsky partnership in the middle. I think in the middle of the defense, I think that'll be two strong English boys holding it down.
1: Didn't he also? Did he give up a penalty against Arsenal? Am I imagining that, or did that happen in that game? I think he might have. So he's he's helping you out as well in real life, <laughs> Donny. He? Uh, yeah, t- he also
3: lo- he also looks kind of like he, uh, like he could be in a in a in like a a notebook kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like a straight to
1: VHS.
3: Uh... A straight
2: to VHS sequel of the notebook called the Composition Notebook. He
3: also, you know, he's eligible for both England and Poland. Uh, he hasn't been called up by either, but I do see lately that his name is in the mix. Who, if you're him, who do you play for? England or Poland?
1: England. We know you love England. What about you, Micah?
2: <laughs> if I'm. England or Poland? Yeah.
1: Uh, ooh, Poland. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent Poland. Hundred percent Poland. Okay. On to the left back. Who is it, Micah?
2: Okay. Can I make? Can Can we? Can Can I subvert the rules a little bit here and have like one that's healthy and one that's not? I want to say sure. that.
3: But John Stones isn't healthy, so
2: yeah, that's exactly. true. Yeah, but, I mean, like, you didn't think of this when you were picking John Stones. How do you know? I'm going to assume that you (laughs) didn't. Fine, go on. Okay, so for playing left back, I want to say that uh, Alexandro, like, playing for, I mean, Juventus Alexandro still feels like the best left back in the world. I mean, I think that that's pretty verifiable any way that you look at it um but for non like injured left back i'm going to choose benjamin mendy yes <laughs> and not yes. not necessarily for things he's done on the field although although um part of 130 million pounds pep spent on out, outside backs after you know offloading Gail clichy Bakary sanya Kolarov, zabaleta uh to revitalize the attack from the back, the stress that they put on another team's defenders. But also just for like all of his off the field stuff, immediately after suffering like the knee injury, like the uh, Instagram living like from his hospital bed. There's also <clears throat> after Raheem Sterling scored that 96 minute, minute winner against Stoke, I think it was. Like the image of Benjamin Mindy running down the sideline in a pink hat and a fur parka trying to get a yeah. selfie.
1: But, like, hopping because yeah. hopping, knees
2: fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> and then also crashing uh, Kevin de post-game interview, like, two days ago and kissing him on the cheek. Yeah. I
3: mean... Annoying. I find all that stuff annoying.
2: I think all of that stuff is amazing. And, you know, I feel like you should... <laughs> go and watch it, you know, instead of commenting on it without having watched it. And he he Let your heart grow three sizes, Donnie. Another <laughs> thing
1: that I'm sure Donnie really likes is Benjamin Mendy has a really active Twitter account. um,
2: Like tweeting out pictures of brick walls? Like, <laughs> yeah, his
1: most recent tweet is, Claudio is back about Claudio Bravo, and it's just a picture of a brick wall. One after that is Baby Sharks Everywhere about all the young Manchester City players. Uh, I don't know why they're why are they calling themselves Shark Team?
2: Because he just started <laughs> tweeting shark emojis when they did stuff, and then
0: this is a like people
2: pick. latched onto it, and like now it's just like a thing, like the the baby sharks.
1: He also told Von Miller that when he has time, he's going to show him what real football
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a treasure. Truly a treasure.
1: I think that's a great pick. He's also really good. Um, yeah, we just haven't seen seen him play that much Um, then Fabian Delph hasn't been terrible. So we haven't been talking about missing Benjamin Mendy as much as we should be. Um, I totally support that. I know Donnie hates it and he wanted us to pick, um, like, Juan Fran or something.
2: (laughs) 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 Kimish is a right back. But Kimish's story is pretty interesting going from, like, what, like unused – Barely first team midfielder at Red Bull Leipzig to being like one of the best right backs in the world.
1: Yeah, he's the cons- the most consistent player for Germany and Bayern Munich at this yeah. point, which is crazy. They just immediately replaced Philip Lahm anyway. Uh, all right, I'm up holding midfield. I really wanted to go with Nabi Ceda here, but I'm not going to do it because I I'm an objective source of truth on this podcast unlike the other two people (laughs) so I'm gonna go with Jorginho here um
2: oh I love that pick
1: he's maybe my favorite player to watch in the world um he my favorite thing about him is that he didn't start a game for Italy until the final game of World Cup qualifying um at the very last minute and maybe if Italy had used him before then they wouldn't have ended up in that situation but that sort of sums up Italy um, they would have he, used anybody from Napoli, really. That's that's true. Uh, he's averaging more passes per game than any player in Europe. Uh, against Udinese the other day, he completed 154 passes in a game, it's, which is just...
2: That'd be, well, I mean, like, it's the definition of fulcrum.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, a Pass numbers don't really mean that much, ultimately, but when you hit 154, that's insane, and it means you just are... You just have complete like control game over a game. flows through you. Yeah. Um, he's got... What's he his XG buildup? He actually has the best <laughs> one in the in Serie A, <laughs> surprisingly. <laughs> um, it's actually lower than John yeah, stoness though. Um, it's also his birthday today when we're recording, not when you guys are listening to this. He just turned 26, so happy birthday, Jorginho. Um, but the thing about him is he's not... He's making all these passes, but he's not... They're not safe passes at all. Like
2: The thing is that there's nothing... The, the, like ever since Maurizio Sarri showed up at Napoli in 2015, there's nothing that, like watching them break presses or watching them link uh, the defense to the attack or whatever, just watching them do anything, nothing about what they do is particularly safe.
1: No, it's but, all extreme high degree of difficulty. And he's he's been efficient and dangerous, which I think is a pretty impressive combination for a defensive midfielder. Those are, that's a tough up to walk. And I think more than any player in Europe, he's the kind of guy that you watch, and it's like, yeah, my team could probably use him no matter what team you are, I think. Arsenal, he could replace Xhaka in a heartbeat. Liverpool, he, you're replacing Jordan Henderson with Jorginho. That's incredible. You know, put him next to Pogba.
2: I mean, just put him on Tottenham instead of instead of Dembele. Yeah. He's, I mean, like, okay, okay so Yama. he has, <laughs> pressure invasion pressure evasion. But I mean like what about everything else, you know?
3: Yeah. I have two things to add here. One, he's gonna go head to head with Keita in the Europa League, which is exciting. This is true. Two future Liverpool stars. <laughs> <laughs> two, I have just a general question about Napoli. Why are the shirts so fucking tight?
2: I mean because it's Puma, you it's, know, Kappa. Like the, it's Kappa. It's Kappa.
1: They're they're wearing the discarded Italy jerseys from the two thousand two World Cup.
3: Their shirts actually make the Puma Arsenal shirts look baggy. the
1: The Napoli jerseys are are not great. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know.
2: I like the navy ones. I like the dark navy ones. I mean, it's working out for them so far. Kind of. It's yeah. It works for for them. I it fits the the way that they play. if If they were if they were if they were more baggy, considering like the average height of their team. It would look weird. It would look weird.
1: Yeah, it makes all of their 5-2 players look like they're (laughs) (laughs) 5-4.
3: It's
2: slimming and and elongating.
3: Okay. Uh, All right. We've got a really weird-looking team. I'm up, right? Yes. Okay. Center mid. You know where this is going. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. You know what the is going on.
2: (laughs) Uh.
3: Just say it. His name is Jack. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate Jack Cork. I can't believe. Like, <laughs> so you're
2: basically leaving me my pick for central midfield to do all of the work.
3: We'll get let's, to your pick let's later, go Michael. On, let's okay.
1: all right. Defend your pick,
3: Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire has recently come back from a long injury. <laughs> That's all there is to say. About it's like him. all he has
2: to say is he looks kind of good against against Bate in a 6-0 <laughs> drubbing at home and he like started, you know the last
3: two Premier League matches Micah. Okay but
2: yeah but I'm okay
3: but if you notice though if you've been watching him play uh he's exhibiting all of the qualities that made him touching world class status uh in his heyday I guess a few years ago um he's like a machine he's like a how could I describe him? Like every time he gets the ball, he's always uh, thinking a couple steps ahead of everybody else. And uh, the way he dips his shoulder and turns with the ball and the way he always has his head up looking for a pass. Uh, he creates opportunities for his teammates. He's also uh, kind of like a terrier and and, and uh, has a lot of heart and drive. Well, what else can I say about Jack? I mean, He's got to be in the middle of uh, the—he's got to be our our, our midfielder. He gets fouled a lot. I'll give him that. He gets fouled a lot. He has quick feet. He dribbles a lot. He dribbles a lot. He does dribble often into danger, which gets him into trouble. Is is he he, dribbling
1: past people? I don't know, but he is dribbling.
2: He has his foot on the ball. All
1: right. Well, we know this is a sensitive subject for you, um, so we're not going to give you a hard time about this pick, Donnie. That's our holiday present. Thank you. Well, who's our other center mid, Micah? Because we're doing this. Get out of here with these bullshit team of the years that are just in a 4-4-2, because no one plays that way anymore. We're, we're, this is real, so we're going to have three center mids like every good team. All right. Who is it, Micah?
2: Okay. I briefly thought about Marco Verratti, who seems to be basically the 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 only thing that's really holding that PSG team together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And... Tony Cruz, I mean, like, take it from Xavi, is the engine of Real Madrid. Xavi called him his successor on the field. Um, But, I mean, then again, you also have Luka Modric. I'm still going to say Kevin De Bruyne is the best midfielder in the world because, I mean, even in, uh, I mean, the game billed as the biggest game of the year against Tottenham there was kind of some sort of a little bit of hand-wringing over what the team was going to look like without David Silva to kind of pull heat off of De Bruyne. Like, if he was going to be able to run the midfield by himself. And, I mean, like, obviously, yes. Um, I really don't think that there's a better midfielder in the world at present.
1: It's tough to argue, although... I know that you I know, know what I'm.
2: I know, <laughs> you know what, what I'm. Doing lea- I know what I'm leaving off. I know who's what like, I'm who's doing.
3: The, who, who, who's the choice,
2: it's Kevin? De Bruyne. De Bruyne.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. So that
2: means that that means that I didn't choose Pogba. I understand.
1: I appreciate you not being true to yourself
2: on this podcast. i I've, I've listened. I already chose Antonio Valencia as a right back. I can't make. I have at least one more selfish choice to make, maybe. God.
3: That's fair. What a weird team we have. We have this is the a very weird team. team. I love it. People okay. are
2: pulling their hair out listening to this. It's fine.
1: I'm up next. Uh, winger. It's obviously Ricardo Andrade Quaresma <laughs> Bernardo. <laughs> oh my God. Nice.
0: Are you so-
2: uh, okay. Please. Explain. Uh,
1: So we've talked about him many times before on this podcast. Uh, He is not a relevant—maybe he's kind of relevant now, actually. But he's not a particularly relevant soccer player anymore. Um, He's 34. He's essentially played for every big team of the world and failed at every big team in the world at some point. Um, Is the king of the unnecessary touch. He's the guy who taught me that I could accomplish anything with the outside of my right foot if I briefly stop the rotation of the earth and its orbit around the sun. (laughs) Um, Choresma is just, he's one of my favorite players to watch because he always, one, he'll never use his left foot, um, which just creates all of these bizarre situations. He'll always take unnecessary touches. Um, He tries things from insane angles, and they typically don't work. But somehow he's 34 and he's starting for Besiktas, and they won their Champions League group and he's still flourishing after busting out of seemingly busting out of professional soccer like 17 separate times over the past five years um
2: despite his despite his arrow haircuts and and teardrop face yeah there was
1: just a, a good video that came out today and it was a top 10 countdown of the best times Quaresma tried to fight someone else on the field. Legend. Uh, so, like, the combination of insane skill and this insane attempts at skill with like extreme near psychotic aggression <laughs> yeah. is just really tough to beat. And I also wanted to share this. For some reason, I guess our spiritual breth- brethren, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, tweeted yesterday I really wish I had Quaresma's skill on the pitch. Then some guy responded, Charisma doesn't play to win. He plays to showboat. And then another guy responded to that and said, You hate life, bro. <laughs> and I totally agree with that. So that's my pick.
3: It's uh, funny because, although, as you said, Charisma has kind of fallen off the map a little bit. In world football, he's, he has still like a disproportionate amount of shared streamables. I just saw one recently mm-hmm. where it was like, did you see it? It was like... He took that crazy first put... touch on the... Yeah, crazy or like the side of his heel, like Rabona first touch yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It was crazy.
1: Um, and he's, he's probably going to be at the World Cup, so... Be... I love it. Get That's behind him <laughs> or get out. All right. Other winger attacking midfielder. Who is it, Donnie?
3: For this one, <clears throat> I'm going with my countryman, Spurs, Sonung Min, Sonny. And why am I choosing Sonny? Well, because he's Korean. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No. no I, I, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean
2: I, I'm glad that you're <laughs> to thine own self, Donnie.
3: Because he really enjoys himself on the pitch. He also is going to create handshakes for Charesma, Valencia, Mendy, etc., Wilshire. Everybody will have their own handshake, which is important for team unity. And jokes aside, he's actually been probably the best offensive player for Spurs in maybe the last, again, recency bias, but in the last six or seven games, six or seven matches. Um, I guess they've been struggling, so maybe that's not a good sign, but...
1: (laughs) I support that. The one thing
3: I like about Sonny, though, not to cut you off, Ryan, is that he makes— and this is, like, I think what all my picks have in common, or at least Wilshire. He makes (laughs) things happen with the ball. He's a positive player. He's always driving forward and, and, you know, putting defenders on their back heels. Uh, And he's relentless in that way.
2: He definitely forces defenders to make decisions.
3: Exactly. He forces the action. Sometimes, you know, he can be a little reckless like Jack— um, and turn the ball over uh, carelessly. Uh, but he's always trying to make things happen. So we need that. We need that kind of um, forward progress. He, he's a really good balance to Choresma in that he's like <laughs> the exact opposite.
1: To <laughs> so I, I support it. I, I love Son. Um, okay,
3: so Sonny on the left, Choresma on the right. Yeah. And Who's the striker, but, Micah? Huh. It better not be Lukaku.
2: It's not Lukaku. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do to to walk you through my thought process. I was gonna say that Mario Cardi at Inter Milan is you know they don't have an obvious replacement for him at the moment. I mean, like he scored 17 goals this so far this season, 88 minutes per. He also um, stole his best friend's wife. He also stole his best <laughs> friend's <laughs> wife, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, you know, got in, got into it with the ultras like two seasons ago, and they were outside of his house. Honestly, just a scumbag, but, <laughs> <laughs> but but knows how to strike a ball. Um, but uh, you know, like we, we're not, we're gonna move on from that. Yeah. Um, and then I would also say Messi, but Ernesto Valverde. Moved him into that deeper lag midfield role, so he gets to play 10, even though he gets the most shots off of anybody in the league. He would hate playing on this team, (laughs) He would hate this team. (laughs)
1: We're just going to save him from
2: that. Um, I think that Ronaldo would probably also hate this team. Mm -hmm. Although he would have charisma. He would have charisma. So I don't know, it's tough because okay. Three players in the world are tied for fifty-three goals so far this calendar year. Who are they? Uh, Christian Pulisic. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney. No.
1: We it's Messi, Ronaldo, and Kane, right? No,
2: nah, it's Robert it's, uh Lewandowski.
1: And not Ronaldo? Because Ronaldo nope. scored like one goal this this actual season.
2: No, yeah, I mean like well, yeah, I mean, like, okay, if we're talking about Wait, this actual about our season. Wait, Dost? Bas Dost has been crushing it for the past couple of years. I'm choosing Robert Lewandowski. Okay. Okay. <laughs> because of his hair. Because obviously. of his hair, yes. Because of his hair. That's a courageous choice to make at 29. I, have you noticed there's, like,
1: a lot of guys are doing that now? At least there are three. Yeah. He did it, Rafinha did it, and now... We had Mares. has... That, like,
2: yellow bleached Still hair. Still hasn't really revitalized his form in the way I bet he was hoping. <laughs> no.
1: Um, Lewandowski, if he didn't have the hair, I would be upset with this pick. But the hair, the hair just, to me, suggests there's something really weird going on with him, which I, makes him fit with this team. Exactly. What do you
3: think, Donnie? I mean... It's a kind of a boring choice, but <laughs> maybe, maybe he can. Uh,
2: oh really? Who would you have chosen, Donny?
3: I like Bas Dost. <laughs> I like Bas just, Dost just, too. just for the chits uh, and giggles, but maybe Lewandowski can convince Tarkovsky to come to Poland.
1: That's a that's a, that's, that's really good. smart. And, you know? Wow. It's all coming full circle.
3: Yeah, we uh, got
1: a team, guys. We're all, right, all inside
2: the box, and you're outside of it playing a little game of what if. Okay,
1: so the manager. There's only one manager for this team, and he's. Actually, he's actually not attached to a team and unemployed right now. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, considering uh, how much we've mentioned Bielsa this year, he has to manage this team. Either that or Sean D j,
1: Yeah, I was gonna say Sean. DJ but this collection of players just would not fit for Sean. Um do you nope, guys don't really arena? think that he'd be able to make this <laughs> yeah. team work
2: if he showed them like footage of Bruce Valencia from 2007 yeah. um, <laughs> like Guardiola's Barcelona
1: it's a, arena is the the sort of guy that's actually doing the job while Bielsa is just the figurehead like Klinsman <laughs> and Yogi Lowe. Uh Bielsa recently got fired by Lille um after basically demanding that they build him like a dormitory at the stadium so he could live like at the facilities. Um, Before that last year, he quit the Lazio job after being two days after being hired. (laughs) And then the job before that was Marseille. And in, in his second season, he quit that job a day or a game into his second season. Yet, despite all this volatility, Guardiola, who, you know, is the best manager in the world, most likely called be also the best manager in the world, Pacchettino and Diego Simeone basically worship him and his style of play with you know high lines pressing and just the higher tempo attacking play that I think we've seen sort of take over the higher levels of soccer over the past
2: five years. So you're saying that started that with him? He's you're saying that he's coaching Hunter S. Thompson?
1: Pretty much, yeah. He's the the prime example of the guy who like created the philosophy that everyone then perfected because everyone who then used his philosophy philosophy realized that, oh, our players are actually human, so we can't run them into the ground. Um, And there are, like, other business considerations here to being a manager, so I can't demand everything be treated like I'm in a vacuum. Um, But we love ideologues here. And Bielsa, this team is destined to flame out and, like... (laughs) fight each other on the field so there's <laughs> like no better guy second
2: tr- like second day of training yeah
1: probably. and there's no better guy to oversee a team that falls apart within three days of being put together than Bielsa
3: um, hey, just to all the listeners out there please put this together put this team together in and FIFA
2: ultimate team yeah <laughs> and, and please let us know how the results fa- Like as a, they- as a
3: reminder here we have a back four of Mendy John Stones James Tarkovsky and Antonio Valencia in the middle, Jorginho, Wilshere, and KDB. <laughs> and up front, up top, we have Sonny Lewandowski and Ricardo Carisma, Managed by the what madman himself. A
2: team.
3: <laughs>
1: uh, so to all the, all the FIFA, FIFA success in your future, listeners, um, you can thank us for that. Oh, yeah, and Jan Oblak And Yano Black, who's going to have a lot of work. (laughs) A
0: lot of work
2: to do. Um,
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break and then talk about 2018. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about the Ringer's YouTube
2: channel. We stepped up our game in 2017. Yeah, we did. With weekly videos like Cousin Sal's Best Bet, Slow News Day, NBA Desktop, No BS, Table Reads, Director's Commentary, and Captain Morgan's Make-Believe Casino, as well as our video podcasts and mini-movies like Take Hunter, Ringer 360, and Claytheism.
1: Were you in, Ringer? Uh take hunter
2: i wasn't take hunter thank you for noticing what was your
1: character's name in that
2: my character's name is not important it's my character as an idea ryan okay (laughs) oh my god for more insufferable
1: content like that from Micah Peters and others no i'm just kidding for more great content um check us out in 2018 for a weekly video mailbag from bill simmons mallory rubin out of a hat and a slew of other New digital
2: shows. A slew. Yep. Don't want to miss anything. Just go to the ringer.com backslash video, or even better, please subscribe to our channel at youtube.com backslash the ringer. Thank you. Welcome back. Now,
1: since it's the when you're listening to this, most likely it's the last week of 2017. We're gonna look ahead. And have Michael look into his crystal ball um, and tell us. We're going to tell you guys what is going to happen in 2018. We're going to answer a bunch, bunch of questions. Um, as always, these are stone cold predictions, and you should definitely bring them up to us when they don't come true in <laughs> f- five to 12 months. Uh, first question is What is the top four in the Premier League come May 13th, final day of the season?
2: Well, In a shock, Burnley (laughs) finishes first. (laughs) No, Man City. Obviously, everyone else is. It's they are the league's unsolvable math problem. They are going to win this this season. Um, I think maybe. I want to say that Manchester United suffers a. Well, I mean, like they're going to suffer a different form in the spring. Uh, Get overtaken by Chelsea and have a, like, kind of March-April battle with Liverpool and end up finishing fourth. So I think it's City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United.
1: Wow. It's a very tempered United prediction from you. I, You've matured so much since we started doing this. <laughs> you know,
2: I, I don't... I'm I'm just... I'm trying to make peace with with the future right now, okay? That's that's what's happening. That's very healthy. What do you what do
3: you think, Donnie? What's the top 4? I'm going to say City, United, Liverpool, the Arsenal. I think Chelsea's going to drop out because of that little fixture pile that we talked about. Yeah. And the fact that they still, I mean, I guess they they could buy somebody in January, but they still really just have Murata up front. Uh, I think the goals are going to dry out a little bit, and I think they're going to drop.
1: I agree with that. I agree with both of your both of you guys' general sentiments of United and Chelsea dropping, and I think they're both going to drop out of the top four. That's my <laughs> insane <laughs> prediction. Yeah. Um, if you look at the numbers uh, here, um, I feel like you brought, you bring this <laughs> up
2: every podcast about how bad these teams actually look, like on you know in your spreadsheet. I understand. Uh,
1: we've talked about United just De have stopping an unsustainable amount of shots, um, and I think that's going to eventually catch up to United, and Chelsea are by far, in my opinion, have the worst attack out of these teams, and it's the most, like, balanced on a knife's edge, where if Morata gets hurt or Hazard gets hurt, I just don't see how they're going to create everything. Like, Aspilicueta has five assists already. Do we think he's going to keep just sort of being one of the best creators in the league? Marcos Alonso has four goals already. Like, I would put money on him... Like, what's more likely, he scores eight or he ends at four? You know, I think it's four. While the sort of underlying performances for Liverpool, Arsenal, and Tottenham have all been, like, relatively good, and they look, their, like, expected goal differential is better than United's and Chelsea's. So I think Arsenal has the benefit of their players are just way more rested than the players on the other teams are. Liverpool has the benefit of just... um. Huh? Being, being really good what uh, okay yeah <laughs> um, and i think tottenham's going to get bounced out of the champions league by juventus um, and they'll be able to kind of round into form once everyone starts getting healthy so arsenal okay, we- fans your team's finishing top 4 yeah yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't know how much i agree with that i feel like are, are we are we are we not are we past the stage of the of the Arsenaling? I mean, the. I feel like there's... There, there's too many variables here to be confident in any predictions, in my
1: opinion. Like, there's a chance that, like, Alexis Sanchez is, like, refusing to play for the team for the last, like, month of the season, and That's who knows point. what that happens. Who knows what's going to happen with Ozil. Um, but we'll see. I think, uh, if anything, this is suggesting that the league is over, but the battle for the other three Champions League spots is actually going to be pretty fun. Um, Okay, second question. The only league that actually isn't really over is Serie A. Um, Juventus has won Serie A six years in a row. Is that going to happen again this year, yes or no? Uh,
2: Napoli have a one-point lead Mm -hmm. on Juventus. Uh, They also haven't—when was the last time that they lost? Um, They lost to Juve. They, I mean, like, they lost to Juve, but that was, like, towards the beginning of the season kind of coincided with a dip in form for Juventus where they dropped, like, eight points. And But obviously, as Juventus does, they come thundering back. Yeah. So now Roma is, like, the outside shot, and they're in fourth place, uh, four points back at the top, to give you an idea of how close this race is.
1: Roma, whose keeper, Allison, is... Starting for Brazil over Ederson,
2: he's really <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like all of these teams look. I think that Napoli might be able to do it. I mean, because uh, just the we. I mean, like we were talking about it before. Like the the style of football they're playing, they look amazing with the. And now that they're in the Europa League. The same issues with, uh, I mean, like the same thing that you were talking about with um Arsenal, like having their players more rested, yeah. Um, and Juventus is in on to the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Um, and I mean, like they still have Mertens, Hampsick, and Insignia, in, and uh, in Eugenio, so yeah,
1: Napoli is still Napoli. Um, do you have any thoughts on this, Donnie? Not really. <laughs> I'm just going to choose
3: Inter. Because you're a Cardi fandom? Yeah, that and... <laughs> uh, I don't know, they have a Chinese owner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm not as confident in this as I was like five to ten weeks ago um, when Napoli was just really flying. Um, they've fallen off a little bit, but Juve just... The defense just isn't anywhere near as good as what it's been in the past. Um, And again, some stats for you. Uh, There's 16 goals above what they're expected to score, which is something that just doesn't happen. And they've also benched Dybala recently. He's coming off the bench, and he's kind of the guy that... He's one of the few players that can kind of break the expected goals models um, historically. So I don't see how benching Dybala is going to
2: help their team in any way. I mean, what? Are, basically, what we're betting on is whether or not DiBala has a return to form in the latter half of the season. Yeah, but he has like twelve goals or something. Already I mean, what I'm season. talking about, but like, even though he has twelve goals this season, didn't like eight of those come in the first six games? Yeah, I mean, he's he's slowed down, but yeah, you know, it's
1: goals come when they come. That's very right? true. The f- famous proverb. <laughs> um, okay so we're saying yes napoli okay. ryan
2: is sitting cross-legged in his seat right now <laughs> we're burning sage in the studio
1: okay third question is which english team will make it the farthest in the champions league and who is going to win europe's premier club competition tm um
3: city and city simple as that what do you think donny what the first question is what? Who's gonna win it? <laughs> no, what English it? team <laughs> goes, goes farthest. farthest
1: and who wins the whole thing. You got five options.
3: Um Liverpool's gonna go the farthest.
1: So they're gonna Actually, win Actually Ryan
3: just reminded me that I bet him a hundred dollars that Liverpool <laughs> wouldn't make it out of the group stage. And this was even before the group stage yeah. draw was announced. I just said they weren't gonna make it out of the group stage. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> That was uh, a tough one. I think, and now I'm picking. I them believe to go the that
2: you also said that you were trying to go double or nothing for Liverpool
3: Arsenal this weekend. I am. I'm not. I am <laughs> in light coins. So Liverpool's <laughs> going to go the farthest in light coins. And who's <laughs> going to win the whole thing? Barcelona.
2: There is kind of like a thunder, like an inevitable. Like they no matter how they start out the competition, you feel like they're going. To win it every, I mean, like it's, yeah.
1: Well, they they kind of can coast for the rest of La Liga because they have they're such a big lead, and they're also like Usman Dembella is coming back, and no team is no team in Europe is going to add a player that good to their roster from here on out. So I think Bars. I mean, he could you know struggle. He's played for what thirty minutes we've seen so far, and he had an assist, but he they just have the clearest sort of means to improvement i think of all these teams too uh that's a good point i think city will go the farthest just cuz they're city but the thing the concern about them is that not that they're going to not win the premier league but it's a lot of their older players like silva and fernandinho have played
0: a lot. the most
1: minutes on the team yeah Both in—they play almost all the minutes in the Champions League and in the Premier League.
2: Then, and it's like we were saying a couple—like, well, we've said multiple times that they don't really have an obvious replacement for Fernandinho if he suffers an injury. Silva, they've proven they can kind of do without. Yeah. But, yeah, without Fernandinho, there's no party, really. Yeah.
1: The other thing I would say about this uh, is—let me know if you guys disagree. This year, more than any year, feels like the year where, like, a random team could win the Champions League— like, I, it's kind of surprising that this doesn't happen more often to me just because there are so few games and random shit can happen. But City possibly is a sort of a historically great team. We'll see if they can maintain that over the whole season. But the other teams just kind of aren't as good as they've been in the past. And the English teams are all a lot better. So it, I think that there's
3: there's a path here more than there has been in the past of, you know. What would you say was the last random quote-unquote teams at Porto? Uh, Porto. I mean,
1: Liverpool winning in 2005, they were not good that year. That was probably their worst season almost, like, mm-hmm. in the past 20 years. Um, I I, That
2: brief stretch of time that Sevilla was randomly good. Yeah. Um, Like, who was that? Luis Fabiano and, like... Yeah. Jesus Navas. Jesus Navas, <laughs> yeah.
1: I think Liverpool, honestly, would be my pick for that, that team. Like had Vladimir Smeatster and Igor Bishkan. <laughs> um okay. By the way, yeah. Uh
3: just breaking news here. Manchester United has crashed out of the Carabao Cup.
1: Shut it down. Shut it Let's down. Let's end this podcast. <laughs> Mike has to go cry.
2: lave <laughs> oh, it go, out. Pa- go
1: pass a ball into a carabao
2: cup sign, Mike. No, I'm, I'm gonna go I'm going to go Hail pass Bristol a ball City. into a, a broken brick wall and just practice my first touch and get ready for next year. <laughs> but Great. the right So That's true. He's he's a flat-track bully.
1: Um, okay. Fourth question. Will Christian Pulisic or Weston McKinney win the Ballon d'Or?
2: Are we talking about like immediately, in the immediate future, or, or like five years?
1: 2018.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Christian Pulisic was, was ranked above some pretty interesting people on the uh, – the Guardians' top 100 footballers yep. list. Um, I think and it'll probably be Christian Pulisic followed by Weston McKinney the following year. Yeah, I think that's the safest bet. Donnie, I'm sure you agree. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not commenting. On How much point. Weston McKinney have you watched this season, Donnie? Uh, zero. Jeez. No, I've, I've seen some highlight highlights. I haven't watched... A full match of his, no.
1: The the only thing I would say about this is that Josh Sargent uh, will be eligible to play for Wolfsburg once he turns 18 this winter. So I think the three finalists will all be Americans, <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be crazy. It's going to be a big step for the United States, uh, although they're, we're not in the World Cup. Um, so let's let's talk about the World Cup a little bit, which is happening in 2018. Um, in Russia, <laughs> amidst <laughs> lots of <laughs> plenty uh, of other
2: confounding factors, lots
1: of other issues. Okay, so let's try to go quick with this one. Give me your World Cup winner, your Golden Ball winner, and your Golden Boot winner.
0: Mm,
2: okay, am I Donny? You going first, or am I going first? Uh, you go. Okay, I think. I, I I know that I change this every time. I I'd like you're I'm, allowed to. I I'm gonna say Ar, I'm gonna say Argentina this year It's but. gonna win. Yeah. Okay. Who's the Who's the player of the tournament? The player of the tournament is obviously going to be Messi. Okay. And golden boot. Mm. Antoine Griezmann. <laughs> wow. In blackface. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Screw Anton Griezmann. I'm, we're not talking right now. Um <laughs> let's see. Who is going to win the golden boot? Harry Kane. If a <laughs> <If> according- <laughs> No, there's he's no way. Uh who's gonna win the golden boot? Maybe Messi both times. No. Yeah, I'm going to go with triple, Messi times. triple
1: crown for Messi. Is that a thing in soccer?
2: Maybe, maybe Gonzalez, maybe this is the tournament. <laughs> Messi's going to win a young player, oh, win young player of the tournament. He's <laughs> going to win a young player in the tournament too. Maybe Higuain, this is the year that Iguain actually shows up and he wins the Golden Boot.
1: Okay. Good, good for Iguain. Um, Donnie, what do you think? South Korea.
3: Yeah, South Korea will win the World Cup. Sonny <laughs> will have the Golden Ball, but the Golden Boot. I'm gonna give it to. I'm gonna give it to Neymar. I
2: like that. Okay. I mean, like,
1: I guess I you have to also that.
3: look for Golden Boot. It's not always it's whoever scores the most goals, right? You got to yeah. just look at who's in the weakest group. That's true, and Brazil and does. Brazil isn't a pretty.
2: So, so Neymar, and not Gabriel
3: Jesus. Oh, true. No, nah, I'm gonna go with Neymar. Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> I like that pronunciation Neymar.
1: <laughs> Um okay I'm going to pick Brazil to win it all if Brazil wins it all it's hard for me to not see Neymar winning the golden ball Yeah, Neymar as Donnie just said. <laughs> <Neymar>. <laughs> um, and golden boot I'm going to say Morada I-, I just think S- Spain now finally has a guy a go to guy to finish all of the chances they're creating that's at- good the Portugal game is going to be tough um, but their group is trash otherwise Um, and then they could they don't have that tough of a first game um, and second game possibly so he's just he seems to fit the he seems like he's a good fit for the Miroslav Klosa memorial
2: like 11 goals a competition definitely
1: more skilled than Klosa I think like as far as adding to the play of your teammates I guess but you know Poacher, who is on a s- extremely talented team,
2: that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like they—that is historically their issue is not having like the focal point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, yeah, they've got it. And
1: unless you guys remember
3: hurt. who won the Golden Boot in Brazil in fourteen? Hamez, Hamez. No, that oh. was the Puskás. Yeah, correct.
2: Oh, he was.
1: Yeah. Oh, James. he had. Oh, he and then
2: had. The, Messi won the Golden Golden Ball. Golden Ball. Hamez had Golden Boot and the Puskás Award.
1: And then it was Mueller, Thomas Mueller, the year before, and. Close, uh, well, close only one at once. Interesting. Okay, final question is so this past year we saw Neymar leave Barcelona for PSG, and that was kind of the big thing that happened that sort of shook up the hierarchy and the just the way that world soccer is organized. What uh, event or what player, what team, what transaction, whatever will do that in 2018? Neymar leaving
2: PSG after the crash out of the Champions
1: yes, League round of 16. Yes, yes. You heard it here. I love that. <laughs> to LAFC?
3: To LAFC, yes.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Donny?
3: Um. Cristiano Ronaldo returns to the Premier League. Wow. Are you going to say a team? Back to old Trapper.
1: Oof. He can take over the Zlatan role of older guy that makes Lukaku uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: can go there and take Lukaku's job.
1: I like that. I, I kind of thought that was that's kind of. I if you asked me at the beginning of this past summer if I thought it was more likely that Ronaldo or Neymar left, doesn't I he have like Ronaldo. a billion
2: dollar release clause? When is his actual? There's
1: one team that can pay it.
2: Yeah, I know, but I'm maybe he'll like bring
1: said... he'll bring his best friend Gareth Bale with him. <laughs> <also>. <laughs>
3: Is this, uh, is this, if, this the if summer Ronaldo that Ronaldo and Messi failed. conspired to come back? I mean, not well. Messi wouldn't be coming back, but if Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi conspired to join the Premier League, and Messi went to City, and and Ronaldo went to Manchester United, how amazing would that be? I would. That would be. That would be crazy. I support that.
1: Um, my prediction is a little n- more serious, I guess, and not as fun, but it's in keeping with what we what you just said, Donny. I think uh, this year we're going to see more movement toward uh, the top six trying to grab more of the TV revenue for themselves. Mm. Um, there's already been a bunch of reports that they they think they deserve more of the overseas revenue because I think the famous quote from a Liverpool chairman was a couple of years ago is that no one in Kuala Lumpur is watching Bolton. Um, <laughs> they think they deserve more of that. Uh, overseas revenue and as we know the top teams in all the other leagues make a much higher share, get a much higher share of the TV revenue than they do in England and sort of the thing that makes England great supposedly is the more equal distribution of wealth Um, but I think the top six is making some noise that they want more of that money and they can always kind of, they have the idea of possibly there being a breakaway league that they can always use Um, so the the lower teams might really not have a choice. Um, you know, is the the TV contract isn't worth anything if Man City and Man U aren't part of it anymore? You know, so yeah. if you have to take less, you have to take less. I think that's kind of a depressing yeah. note, maybe, but that's kind of just the way the world is headed. The rich get richer, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, what a note to end on. Brian. But at least if it happens, if
1: it happens, at least give us messy... In Manchester and Ronaldo in Manchester, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. If yeah. we're
1: gonna,
2: if we're gonna go down,
1: push toward more inequality. I mean,
2: like, have the band play something funky. Exactly.
1: That's a, that's a great note to leave on. Um, for Donnie and for Micah, I'm Ryan. Thanks so much uh, for all of you guys who have listened this year. Um, it's been a hell of a lot of fun doing it, and uh, have a great new year. We'll talk to you guys in 2018. Peace. Peace.